Hey Tom, Doug Benson here. Stu sent me to do a bong rip in your honor and to tell you that the fourth season of your podcast, the one with all the words in the title, it's going to be your best one yet. Also, he wants me to say that Stones is a terrible bitter and it's your dad's fault. Hmm. Guess I'll do a bong rip. Oh, I hit my chin on the end of this bong. Have a good day! Feels like only yesterday when I was happily enjoying the, the peaceful tranquility of retired life when a strange man reached out to me with an offer. An offer to make me famous beyond my wildest dreams. This strange man who spoke with a strange brogue, made me do strange things, buy bargain price boozy beverages from distant lands, record ridiculous ramblings week after week, and he even forced me at snowball point to drain six beers in one go. And that one he tricked me into doing twice. Although the scars will never fade. The beer stains look like they're here for a very long time. Man, I'm never getting my security deposit back. Welcome to season four of the Lager Logs. Points of view with Tom and Stu. I'm Tom Heesu. Say hello, Stu. Is that you finished? Were you dropping those oars? Oh, now you can go. Thank you. <laughs> and welcome to Tom's Therapy Sessions. <laughs> where we let Tom talk out loud for 30 minutes and we make him think it's about beer. But is, no. it, is the session over or just begun? But whatever um, keeps you keeps your, your foot off of that stool, mate. Whatever keeps you going. Guys. <laughs> uh, thank you for that, Stuart. I appreciate the love and support. Um, we're back. Guys, yes, season four is upon us. And clearly, we're feeling very nostalgic tonight. As we hit you with a very special flashback episode, uh, we're returning to the combo of our very first installment of the show and bringing you another tie and trooper review. Are we a couple of trailblazing, inventive ideas men or simply just lazy hacks who have run out of new ideas? We'll never know. Bit of both, I think, probably. Yeah, that, this um, was your idea, so <laughs> it's on you. <laughs> Gotta take blame for this one, yeah. Stu, are you excited as I am to be kickstarting a new sizzling and sozzling season? Yes, definitely. We're, funnily enough, the introduction to the season seems to be one of the last episodes we're recording. Yeah, it's all a bit topsy-turvy this season. We've done it. Not wanting to peek too far behind the curtain, but it's very strange thinking this is the start of season four. Yeah, because our 
start of season four happen a long time ago. <laughs> I, I, to be honest, I'm already fucking done with it. <laughs> You've mentally checked out already of the season. <laughs> I mean, when people watch the videos, each week my beard's going to change length. There's going to be some weeks. There's going to be hair on my head, and now the season started, and I've got none. There's going to be so many discrepancies. Jeez, uh, you, uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you you slip ups fans, you uh, you kind of uh, keep an eye out for all those uh, inconsistencies that will no doubt occur. Because as you said, yeah, we've been recording it um, a bit all over the place, but I think it's 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 going to be worth all the hard work. We've got a fantastic season ahead of us. Well, you guys have ahead of us, as you said, we're nearly done. Uh, but tonight, as I hinted at earlier, we will be reviewing the Mighty Maidens, Sun and Steel. From their trooper range and classic Thai tinny singer, although that one is yes, disappointingly out of the bottle instead. <laughs> 630 milliliter, he's a big boy. Um, and he will be the first brew this evening, as we normally go with the weaker of our pairings which singer is, but I thought the beer sake mix of our second beer might be a bit safer to do at the end of the show. Um, okay. With it being a bit more complex. Yeah. I think the, uh, the singer would probably benefit from being done first. So singer, it yeah, is. Dude. Let's do it. Prepped bad boy open. Stu round two on this particular combo tonight. These are both first time tries, right? Yes, definitely. Um, yeah. I've heard of Sun and Steel. Obviously, we tried to find it last season uh, in lieu with that album release from Maiden. Had no luck. And very disappointing. I think it was something I just maybe saw in stores. Never really registered until you told me to go look for it. Yeah, it's uh, it's one I've had in ages, but I uh, I've always I've always really liked it. Always kind of very reliable lager. Um, so I'm hoping that I dig it tonight. So uh, let's have a little sniff of this yeah, one. Yeah, it's got. Yeah, it's um definitely lager. <laughs> yeah, you can. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely got a very classic lagery smell to it. Are you going for the pour? I am. Make it try and make it as dramatic as as possible, please. That's good. I like it. Oh, Tension is passable. Could I get a flake for this? <laughs> very frothy first of all <laughs> quite frothy indeed yeah <laughs> what did you say about it being a lager hey i you think got confirmation yeah, of that we may have to go with the sun and steel first whilst i let this other one settle down <laughs> i can wait don't worry i've got nothing else to do through the power of editing we're now ready to drink <laughs> cheers buddy Mm. That's not bad, actually. Not a bad brew. A bit more maybe metallic than I remember it being. Just a little bit, but mm. I've, I've, I didn't get that off of my one. But it's got that crispiness there for sure, and also kind of a little bit of a little bit of sweetness, tiny bit of sweetness possibly. But it's that crispiness. It's I'm, really I'm getting the sweetness now. Yeah, yeah. It's a crispiness that's really kind of uh, popping out for me. So yeah, guys, here we have Singer sitting at a fantastic 5%. 
brewed by Boon Rod Brewery in Thailand. The brewery was founded in 1933 by Boon Rod Shresh Thaputra. Good job. That. Maybe. He was first introduced to beer over a dinner arranged by a German acquaintance to discuss business opportunities in Siam and afterwards committed to launching a home-brewed beer with him spending six months in Europe where he and his companions inspected numerous breweries and visited barley and hot farms to learn about the raw materials needed to brew beer. Uh, the brewery, uh, interestingly, was named after Boonward's childhood nickname, meaning fortunate survivor, following his lucky uh, rescue after a fall into a canal. After major expansions in the 50s and 60s, in 1971, Singer was finally imported abroad. And after the installation of a new automatic filling line in the 80s, they doubled their capacity and by 1996 was the best-selling beer in Thailand. The company at this point now has four breweries and 85 years under its belt and still going strong. The company brews one of the beer, um, and that is Singer Reserve, a, a hoppier and longer matured brew with a, with a slightly bigger ABV. So that's the uh, that's the other one in the line. Not known for having a lot of beers, but I think they're kind of the one they have is pretty goddamn iconic. So they tend to just just stick with kind of uh, making and selling that one. Um, right, Stu, I, I think it's about time to play catch up. We haven't spoke for a uh, couple of weeks now, mm-hmm. and uh, we have a lot to talk about. Um, I know you've been out and about. I have too. So, seeing as we're both been quite busy boys, I thought tonight we'd split our last beers watched into home and away sections. So, okay. Firstly, or thirstly, Stew, mm, hit me up with the. No, I wear trousers. Hit me up with the bruise. You've managed to try fresh out of the fridge first, buddy. Lay it on me. What we got? Well, I haven't had too much beer lately that I can talk about anyway. We could go Mysterious. off of our Robinson's Brewery connection. Yes. One you were very excited about. Very excited. I tried the... Me too. We tried. We tried. We sampled this beer together, but separately, if that makes yes. any sense. The Robinson's Brewery Special Edition Coronation Street <laughs> R.A. R.A.O. Yeah. We did it kind of in anticipation of, of the show, really, because as you said, it's, it's brewed by Robinson's, uh, the same guys behind our featured, one of our featured beers tonight, Sun and Steel. What did you, what did you think? Stu, tell me. Uh, I wasn't impressed. You were you were impressed, no? No, um, no. that was a drink that had a strong metallic, uh, metallic taste to it. Mm. Yeah, obviously, I was reading the label. I think it was coming off as it was supposed to be a bitter. Best be they the best bitter, bitter. Yeah, 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 yeah definitely. It, oh, it was fine, but I just I couldn't shake this metallic taste when drinking it. And I finished it, but it was it was just kind of not a chore. That's too mean, but it, it wasn't a pleasant drink. Hmm. I could, do you know what? I I I would I could think that, or I could see. Sorry, that it was maybe a bit boring. It didn't mm. really have a lot of you know finesse to it. 
mm-hmm. wasn't really kind of a, a jazzy beer, but I thought it was a really good bitter. I thought it was a, yeah. it was a really good best bitter. Well, I did think that it was leaning more towards the the traditional sense. For sure, mate. Yeah, for beer. sure. I, I I thought it was quite similar to Trooper actually. It, it was there's less of a punch to it, but obviously that makes sense. It being a, a bit weaker, uh, ABV yeah. wise. But I just I just thought it was you know, still just a, a rock solid brew for me. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a good beer, a, a bitter that I'd happily like session on for sure. I have a few in the house, uh, definitely. Uh, I think. Do you know what it was? I think because it was Carnation Street and it was. It was a it was a special thing, and it was yep. really kind of pushing the fact that it was like a special brew. Mm-hmm. I, I I know where the disappointment comes from because there wasn't really a lot special about it, but it was it was it was really good. I thought yeah. really it solid. Just, just felt like someone took a piss on the cobbles and a poured little it bit, into a glass. A little bit like that, but I like that. That's that's what I want with my so, beer. To be honest, and uh, to be honest, <laughs> I, I, I let down Coronation Street fans, and now I, I, there's not a name I could drop. I think. The last relevant character I could cling on to would be like maybe Roy Cropper. Roy wouldn't drink this. <laughs> Roy might. Roy probably would if he got desperate. I'm certain. But yeah, it's uh, it's not it's not a bitter I'd go for straight away. But it's definitely not too far down it's, the it's, list for sure for me. For me, it's definitely like I, I would just trade it for the, the novelty. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's, it's a one hit wonder for me. Mm. Tried it. Fair enough. Moving on. Um, I would obviously go to Trooper before this again. Yeah. Oh, no, me too. Like, for certain, mate. Yeah, for certain. And the other beer, I mean, um, it was one out of the beer 52 box. Williams Bros, El Perro Negro. Yeah. And I know if we were playing a game of Snap, you would immediately throw your hands on top of mine. And an awkward moment of affection. There's nothing uh, awkward about that. The, just, uh, just sheer powerful, unadulterated man, man love. So you're uh, saying something about beer? Go. Yeah, that, that this is the wrong way of me trying to say we have both had this because we did. Yes, Williams Bros, uh, Pilsner, wasn't it? Mm. Now, was this a gluten-free beer? Gluten-free Pilsner. Yeah, it was. Ah. Um, yeah, I think uh, it had um, a bit, a slightly supposed to have, sorry, a bit, a bit of orange taste to it. Ah. I, I, I did see. Didn't really get that. How, how, no. How did you feel about it? I ended up really enjoying it. It was a nice, yeah. bubbly little pilsner. You know, just light, crisp, easy to drink. Yeah. Takes the normal boxes you'd expect from a pilsner. And it's just... A, a random get that you'd get in one of these uh, beer 52 boxes. Yeah. I was like, well, it's 50 50. It could be good. It could be bad. <laughs> and ends up being a tasty little beverage that I would pick up again. D- definitely, man. Definitely. I was very surprised. Um, I think I've had a, not, not a bad run, but I've had a couple of gluten free beers and they were not particularly great. Um, but this is definitely the best one I've tried. Uh, it tasted it tasted a bit like like peas a little bit. It had that, but I, I don't know whether that's the gluten free aspect or that's more the pilsner aspect because I have had a few pilsners in the past that tasted a bit pea, bit garden right. pea. Which mm-hmm. um, I don't know whether that's a certain hop that um, I, I haven't identified within mm-hmm. it, but, but that might be where the flavour's coming from. But other than that, yeah, I think it was it, it was really good. As I said, I didn't really get a lot of 
citrus vibes from it or any kind of yeah, orange vibes yeah. from it, which I think it did say that it, it utilized. But just, just, just really good, dude. Yeah, very surprising. Mm-hmm. Would definitely um, drink again for sure. No, definitely. I was well impressed with that one. And speaking of gluten free, yes, I went out this weekend. <laughs> you went out this weekend. Yes, you left the house. I Come did. On. You're pulling I, my leg. Put on my mask. Don't say those and things. My, my big jacket. And I got on the train. <laughs> and uh, where did you go? So I ended up going to Belfield Brewery for a brewery tour. Wow. Yes. And Beautiful. This is the first chance. This is my second brewery tour. First yeah. one was like pre-pandemic. Mm. Stag do. Great time. And this one was smaller it was just me and my missus out for an afternoon go down to edinburgh sit in this little beer garden and then get taken on a tour of the most unlikely like when the the uber dropped us off at the brewery it just looked like a bunch of garages across from a block of flats and i'm like (laughs) where's the the crafty hipster beer pub place you, um, you you drank the crafty beer in the Uber, remember? So you told uh, me that's where you were planning to. Scotland. And turns <laughs> I out, wasn't you know, aware. Just around the corner, there was this little door. You go in, and bam! It's this tap room out the back. It's a beer garden, and what kind of looks like a length of garages is actually their brewery. Mm. So, and I mean, microbrewery would have seen nails it. Yeah, it was it was kind of a small setup. And the thing is, I've always just imagined this was a bigger operation because I always see Belfield Breweries, uh, Bohemian Pilsner, and Liddles and Aldis, and I just mm. assume if they're in the shops, it must be a fair size operation. Yeah, you do, you do assume that. Yeah, but and, I, I, I think I have been surprised in in the past with kind of how small some of mm. these some of these places are or, or kind of how hidden away some of these some of these places yeah, are totally and i mean their their whole operation probably spans the length of say three garages mm. like just it's amazing the first one would have like uh, you know obviously the, the water tanks the, the mash tun the fermenters and all that mm. then it has the tanks where the beers are fermenting and then the last one is just all the kegs of beer they've produced. So our tour guide James, who's one of the guys that worked in the out. bar, he didn't work. He said himself that he was one of the brewers, but he's had a hand in the process. And I mean the knowledge that this boy rattled off, the history in Edinburgh, the the process into making the beer. Uh, they had like samples of like the oats out, hops. To go, and it was so strange to like, grab like a handful of like hot pellets, <laughs> rub them yeah. in your hand and sniff it. And you think, I can smell like a hazy IPA. What is going on? <laughs> Where's that hot water? Someone pass me the hot water. <laughs> we need to make it quick. Can you make this like a pot noodle, right? Come on. And yeah, it was just so impressive. And the guy's knowledge was just uh, untapped. You were just asking questions he just nailed it i asked them things about like what is the point of double dried hops and 
just sort of like those hard hitting questions. <laughs> <laughs> and he even like explains like the difference between casks and kegs in a way that oh of course that makes sense now. And he followed it up by serving us a drink from both cask and keg. Like this same IPA, just from two different styles, and yeah. you just could see the difference. Yeah. And I was just sitting there having wee we taste our samples and just my mind being blown at each sip going it all makes sense now <laughs> like this, this should have been a single Finally. tear rolling down my cheek it's only taken him four seasons he's done, I know. He's done. <laughs> so and the whole reason i mentioned about uh speaking of gluten-free belfield brewery is largely a gluten-free brewery yeah, yeah. it was founded like the two founders because this was only established in 2015, which also blew my mind. I'm always thinking these go way back. But no, in 2015, the two owners were drinking uh, gluten-free beer because they both have the like an intolerance to gluten. Uh, I, I can't remember what the... the Celiac. Yes, yes, that's it. They both were drinking gluten-free beer and wondered why, why is it so rubbish? Mm. So they went out their way to make good gluten-free beer. And I've been trying their beers for, for a while and thinking, this is great, and didn't know anything about it being gluten-free. Did they not know about the El Perro Negro? Did you let um, them know? Guys, you can stop. It's okay. They've, they've cracked it. Again? <laughs> <laughs> Where's my dunce cap? Because I didn't, I didn't remember that one being gluten-free either. But the good thing, it was a, it was a short. 45 minute tour then it was followed up with a tasting of four beers so they just came out gave us a sample of their pilsner a sample of their craft lager followed up with their session ale and then their lawless ipa which was on both cask and keg and even let us try some out of the tank as well wow you just put your they just hand into it, just <laughs> you know, just like a big soup ladle. Okay. Yeah. Or it's like it's actually it was one of those hamster water bottles. Ah. I just, you were just there, just arm, <laughs> just kind of arm. Margaret, them hold into me by the... the ankles. I'm going in <laughs> into the tank. <laughs> I've got a snorkel. I'm not going to do any breathing though. <laughs> So it was, this is why you bring your gas tanks, kiddies, to every brewery tour. So I mean, it was about a good hour and a half, maybe at most, but it was it was a great time. I just really enjoyed myself, just getting to That's sit, awesome, enjoy these samples, let James kind of explain the process to us, what we should be tasting, and it was bang on. It was definitely something was like, man, this is great. Like everyone should try this once type of deal. For and sure, yeah. yeah. I would have happily spent the rest of the afternoon there trying all their beers. I mean, they even had their Lawless, um, I think it Lawless Village IPA. They had a double, which was like a 9%. And I was kind of like puppy dog eyes at Margaret. I was like, can we? Can we? <laughs> and Margaret had already finished a 12-hour night shift at 8 a.m. And then I was like, come on, get on the train to Edinburgh. We're oh, going to drink man. beer. What a trooper. What so a trooper. It was about, you know, six, six o'clock by the time we got home that night. And I was like, come on, we're going to binge watch Peacemaker. You could stay up <laughs> for a few more hours, can't you? 
So You're I, lucky I married you, I'll tell you that, Jesus yeah, Christ. She's done well to put up with me. <laughs> they uh, they all um, do, Stu, they all do. And on a wee uh, final note for the, the Belfield Brewery Tour, at the end we were given little beer mats. Uh, oh. Yes, I love a beer mat, but on the back of it I had a 20% off code for coming on the tour. So I, I cashed uh, that puppy in last night. Straight away. That's brilliant, so, dude. That's brilliant. have a little box of beer and some accessories arriving tomorrow. Exquisite. Buddy, you can't go wrong. I mean, I'm glad you had a great time, but you can't go wrong. I mean, you know, uh, finding out all these different things, kind of, mm-hmm. you know, uh, exploring beer and the behind-the-scenes aspect of it, supporting a local brew. So that's you know, what local, I wanted to do most. You know, and also drinking, the whole drinking aspect to it. I'm, yes. sure, I'm sure that comes into play, you know, the whole mm-hmm. drinking beer thing. So, you know, man, it's, it's a win-win-win situation. And I, I'm totally. glad, glad you had a good time, man. It sounds amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's brilliant. Is that, well, I mean, to be honest, if you had more beers, if you managed to stack more into that week, I'd be, I'd be very surprised. I'm assuming that was... Mm-hmm. Your week. That, that was the noteworthy news uh, to talk about. Brilliant, man. Do you know what it's funny you should say, Belfield? Because, as you could probably tell, I've been picking wait, wait, up wait my box. What's that? From wait, is that a segue? Beer 52. Tell me more, Thomas. Do you like that one? So, yeah, as you, as you could probably tell, I've been picking up my box from Beer 52. Or beer sixty-two, as I like to refer to them as, because they always make sure the phone calls to cancel them is at least over an hour. Um, and <laughs> it's uh, yeah, it's uh, it's dark sky porter, and um, I don't want to rain on your parade, Stu, but I didn't I didn't quite get on with it myself. Um, okay. Yeah, I don't know whether you've uh, heard of this one or seen this one. Um, I might have. What? Was it like a purple can? Yes. Right. I think so. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah, yeah. purple can. Um, yeah, it, it was, it was, it was like chocolatey, maybe, right. but just quite watery. Which is fine if you're into that, but I always prefer a thicker texture when it comes to quite dark beers. It it just yeah. sits better for me when it's got a bit of thickness, but. It was, it was absolutely fine, like drinkable, definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, just nothing that blew my socks off. But yeah, shout out to Belfield for being so God, God, gosh darn accommodating mm-hmm. to you, Stu. Yeah, definitely. And that also that just makes up for the fact they didn't like their beer. Just evens it out. We're not worried about just your cool. opinion. You, that's. Do you know what the seven people who listen to this show would disagree? so you can piss off um and yeah hello to tom's dad (laughs) mom nan yeah second cousin um have you told them to do those reviews on apple for us yet five stars there's yeah there's been some uh for my birthday this year don't worry about the money in a card just (laughs) go to this website address just about to say there's been an exchange uh, of money some money has um, changed hands, so hopefully that'll kind of really boost the the star rating on iTunes. Um, and finally, in terms of beers in the house, I consumed yes. uh, the home and away aspect of of this 
uh, last bit's watch if I didn't make that clear in the beginning. Successful segment. Um, (laughs) 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 A very successful spin on this. (laughs) Completely fucked it up. Um, So. I also tucked into another William Bros banger. The lads did not disappoint again, and that was their profanity. Oh. Uh, Stout, and man, this is beautiful. Um, One of the best Imperial Stouts I've had. Uh, Just pure roast, basically, was was its one kind of, its one uh, taste um, or it's one kind of flavor profile was just pure roast, man. And that for me was just perfect. It was basically like a, a stronger March of the Penguins, which ah. is not a bad thing at all. You know, a, a fantastic stout. And this was kind of like the slightly uh, heavier uh, brother. King Penguin. Yeah, man. De- yeah, definitely. Definitely. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was, it was lovely. Yeah, a- a- absolutely fantastic. So that's probably the best so far. Uh, from my beer fifty two box mm-hmm. that I had, uh, and 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 yes, I away section starting now did manage to leave the house a couple of times over the last fortnight. Always a pleasure. Mm-hmm. Last week I had a fantastic Sunday evening. I nipped out for a quiet one at local brewery, Two Towers. Ah. I did actually have a stingy ring the next day, funnily enough. But that, that may have been from the pork scratchings. That may have been from the pork scratchings. Uh, yeah, I don't yeah. imagine they would leave you quite well. They, uh... <laughs> they, no uh, smooth they... exit. <laughs> Ooh, no way, man. Like passing a kidney stone. Jesus. Um, yeah, they were lovely guys. Uh, they hosted at a pub called the Gunmaker's Arms. And I managed to sample two of their brews. The first was Jewelry Porter. Mm-hmm. A gorgeous bevy on tap, which was uh, not as thick as I'd normally like, but flavor-wise delivered in spades, just uh. all the darker fruity notes you expect with a, a good porter. Had a very subtle sweetness to it, uh, almost like a, a prunes and figs profile. Exceptional. Yeah. Um, really, really liked it. I also sampled Baskerville Bitter. And I tell you, there are a few hounds in there. Am I am I right? You weren't there, so you can't comment on that. But yeah, that's when right to the dogs, yeah. mate. Uh, it was, <laughs> it was, it was, uh, it was quite cloudy. Looking for a bitter, uh, it wasn't mm-hmm. a particularly clean looking brew, but really good. A very acceptable session bitter for sure. No great shakes, but just really, really solid. And uh, lastly. Just to dive into uh, this weekend gone by, I finally had a chance to wrap my lips around Camden Town's Hells on tap. And yeah, it wasn't as as crafty as I thought it was going to be. The best way to describe it would be, uh, it's like one of your American lagers, say say Bud or or Miller, but with a a Ah. very subtle hint of something there, like a very mild hoppiness to it. Okay. Quite dry, quite crisp, so very chuggable. I can see why it's popular, but I highly doubt it'd be something I have a few tins of in the house, you know, personally. 
Mm. I've not found like the, the Camden can to go to just yet. I've tried their pale and I think IPA and both of them kind of left me a wee bit let down. Mm, I think it might have something to do with the translation to bottle or can. I think it's it's everywhere uh, I go now in terms of on tap. Mm-hmm. Like I've seen it a lot of places, so I think it's very uh, it's very clearly a popular draft beer. So yeah, and it's you know it's always it's always good to see. It's a nice kind of um, option for people who want something a bit craftier. But it definitely tasted a bit more like an American lager for, for, for mm-hmm. me personally. But yeah, fantastic week, really fantastic, well, fantastic couple of weeks, and that is about it from moi this evening. Um, Stu, what do you think well about done. this beer? Thank you, man. What's going on? Have you finally managed That's... to have a drink from the glass? Yes, the bottle? I have. Definitely. Been working my way through it. It is a very mm-hmm. nice, easy drinking. Easy drinking. Lager, which is, is dangerous for me because I just, I could have a few of these and just, just try and stop me. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not gonna do that, buddy. I would not so. do that to a friend. Yeah, I, I agree. Very sessionable, um, crisp, but quite so- soft at the same time, but not too harsh. A uh, little bit of sweetness to it. Just, mm-hmm. I, I think you know. I think a lot of people choose it as a good beer to have with food. Yeah, and yeah I, can I see would. That definitely say that too because it's not too kind of um overwhelming in terms of flavor it's it's quite yeah, subtle yeah. and I, I think it worked really well with them um, something quite rich see that going with like a nice uh sweet chili stir fry hell yeah definitely just man. something with a wee bit spice to it and just kind of have the singer there to kind of put out the put out the fire like one of those r&b guys or Kind of like a, an operatic, like lady, uh, something like that. Because I don't really like noise when I'm eating, so I would prefer it if they just. Yeah. To be honest, if, if you're listening to this, wondering where he's going, I I'm right there with you, buddy. Sorry, Tom. I'm talking to the listener. Oh, because when you said buddy, I thought that's fine. Right. Second up tonight, you. <laughs> you're gonna Moving have on. A, You're gonna have a, a, a. You're gonna have a problem with this episode. I'm sorry, man. I was going to release it on Friday. Maybe a week on Friday. (laughs) Definitely. Uh, Second up tonight, we finally have it in our cold, dead hands. No thanks to Eddie. uh, Yeah, well, (laughs) Eddie looking good. They're looking very uh, Japanese Mm -hmm. on the front. Um, After numerous failed attempts, it's Trooper, Sun and Steel. Man. Come on. And, I mean, only for it to to come to us through Ooh. my friend's next-door neighbour, who's a big Iron Maiden fan, but clearly doesn't like uh, sake infused lager. <laughs> See, I don't know whether I like sake-infused lager, so I'm, I'm keeping uh, an open mind about this. It's like, mm. you know, when you were a kid and you used to say, oh, Mom, this tastes like poo. And she was just like, how do you know what poo tastes like? And you'd be all embarrassed and shit because you'd be like, well, I haven't been eating poo. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But um, Trooper. Thanks, Guthrie <laughs> and your your Iron Maiden loving neighbour. Shout, shout out to Guthers. Mm-hmm. Uh, really appreciate that, dude. Yeah, because we had an absolute just awful time trying to track this down. Mm-hmm. Really bad time. 
really depressing time. We're glad that we've actually finally got it. And we will be sampling it live on air for your listening pleasure. Almost like cidery smell to it. It kind of got a wee fruit. Yeah. It does mention that there is some sort of fruit infusion. Double fermented pilsner. Yeah, infused oh, with sake, sake, flash of fruits. Yeah, sake yeast. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's been brewed with. What Interesting. fruit do you think they're going to flash us with? Probably, uh, don't know. Couple, couple of, couple of pears or something. Yeah, I can see a couple of random plums. Couple of. Couple of <laughs> It's just been thrown out at us out of a pair of joggies. <laughs> nice colour to it, though. That does look really good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Let me see a, a doctor about that. I'm sorry. It's been, it's been a build-up. So it's, it's definitely... What was that? A premium lager and a pilsner. Yes. Sake-infused pilsner. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, very much looking forward to uh, to having a go on this stew. Cheers, my friend. We we did it. Cheers. We made it happen. Season four. See, cheers to season four. It's bit. It's bitter. It's bitter. It does have a bitterness to it, but it's just... a flavour I can't nail. No, it's it, yeah, it's it, it's bitter and it just evaporates pretty much straight mm-hmm. away. Hmm. I'm not that experienced with sake to let you know whether that does taste like sake, but maybe you would uh, be able to inform dear listeners, Stu, of um, your sake career. Hmm. That was it. I just said it right there. Nil. I mean, what what would. Well, we both have had Asahi Super Dry. Yeah. What was that? And obviously, I know it is a Japanese lager. Yeah, that was. It's a. It's made with rice. That one is. That's a. Right. Oh, yeah. oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a Japanese lager made with rice, and I think. I mean, I mean, it's it's not very close to that. I mean, now I'm just now I'm just kind of trying to compare apples and oranges or. Apples and plums, uh, I suppose. But um, in terms of like a Japanese beer, I know I know what you're thinking is behind that, man. Um, but it's it's not very close to that. It's very different. Mm-hmm. I don't know about that. Look, let's let's mull on it while I. Yeah, I'm going to need some time people. to think about it. Yeah. yeah, definite, definitely. Yeah. Um. So yes, it's Iron Maiden Sun and Steel sitting at a fan dabby dozy, four point eight percent from Robinson's Brewery. They were founded in Stockport, Greater Manchester by William Robinson, who purchased the Unicorn Pub in 1838. And it was his eldest son, George, who brewed the first Robinson's Ale there in 1849. Nothing at all happened for around 150 years until their (laughs) collaboration with Iron Maiden, which began in 2013, producing the greatest beer in the world, the OG Trooper. And continue with a whole host of stuff, including 666, which was their stronger version uh, mm-hmm. of original Trooper. I really want to try, but, uh, but has been retired now, sadly. Trooper IPA, which is pretty damn good. 
Yeah, that's disappeared from Morrison's. You know that I told you it was there. Go back the next week. No, it's not. Yeah, that was again. Yeah, like like you said, that was that was that was a struggle, man, to to track down because it kept kind of disappearing. But um, yeah, no surprises, but a rock solid classic IPA uh, and Fear of the Dark, the the stouty Mm -hmm. boy. In in terms of non maiden brews, they do have a couple of interesting ones. Old Tom is their other famous beer, which I've had in the past. It's like another one, the Cat Label. Yeah, it's um. It's like a blend of an old ale and a barley wine, and I remember it being really good, but I just haven't, I just haven't seen it again since the last time I had it. I don't know whether there's like a distribution problem with Robinsons. I love you, shout out to Robinsons, but you just can't seem to get a lot of their brews kind of consistently. But that was a really good one, and Dizzy Blonde is one of their more popular uh, golden ales, which I think I've seen maybe on cask. Uh, a couple of times before, and they also do a, a Citra IPA called Hopnik. Okay. So, yeah, topic two of this evening. Uh, we put out the call. Our beloved listeners answered and provided us with some questions. And we're going to have, have a crack crack at them now. Um, our Lord and Saviour, Dirty Stew, has hooked us up with a couple <laughs> of scorchers. And they are. Let's just get straight into it. They are first up. I'm gonna. I'm gonna toss it to you, uh, Stu, first, so I can have a little, another little sip on this brewski. And that has, okay. that has, shocking. That is. How has your taste <laughs> changed from before the podcast started to now? Lay it on me, big oh, fella. I, I feel my tongue has had an education. Mm. It is sure. Yeah. Sure. You know, from the days of when I would go to a pub normally and just be just tenants. default. Bud, Budweiser, please. <laughs> That'll do. Cheers. And now it's kind of like I'm, I'd be looking over the counter now at the fridge. What have you got in there? Or looking nowadays, looking at the taps. Like, what you got on tap? What have I not had? I'm like this new curiosity where I'm just like, Oh, I try everything. Let me just try all these weird and wonderful beers. And if I could find something weird and wonderful, then quids in. I've got something to talk about next week on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so my plus, yeah. taste has definitely changed because I can never imagine myself drinking dark beers. Like if you were saying, oh, Stuart, you need to try this porter. I would probably just like... Oh, I really, and then when you go away, you're like fuck that. <laughs> Talking behind my back, oh, it's not very so, nice, is it? So that, but that's the whole part. That's the challenge of the beer podcast. Yeah. You, you, you go outside of your comfort zone of Budweiser and Jack Daniels, and you try something like what an old speckled hen. What's this? <laughs> How the fuck's that gonna taste? Let's find out. <laughs> yeah, I, I I completely agree with you, man. And I I, I probably feel exactly the same with with craft beer and something mm-hmm. that I you know I always dip my toe in every now and again, but never really kind of took to. But with the podcast, it's been kind of really opening my eyes to that there is a lot of good stuff out there. Yeah. There's there, there is a craft beer for kind of everybody, mm-hmm. and there will be something uh, you find that you really dig with kind of a lot of the you know the smaller brewers. I say in terms of 
just kind of their uh, profile, you know, not in terms of their quality, just guys other than your big brands that you, you kind mm-hmm. of often see in the supermarket or the, the kind of more well-known brands. So for me, yeah, it's really kind of opened opened my eyes and I've managed to find some some, some really, you know, really good stuff, you know, yeah. w- whether it be from uh, doing them on the show or whether it be from recommendations from Stu or, uh, you know, uh, talking amongst ourselves and, and mm-hmm. finding stuff. So, no, it's been, um, it's been great. I think both of us can say that from the start of the show to now, we've just probably expanded our palette. Oh, definitely. A little bit for, for, for sure. Uh, another question from Stu. We have worst beer from either a big brewery or your favorite brewery. That's an interesting one. Uh, worst beers. Uh, it's um, the. the, the... <laughs> well, Brewdog, actually. Could we? Uh, yeah, but is, that, is that your favorite brewery, though? Oh, well, uh, yeah, big no. brewery. Go big brewery. Like, big brewery. Yeah, like, okay. Big brewery. Okay. Everyone. And their Doug seem to love punk IPA. And I've never managed to finish a glass of it. It just always seems overly bitter yeah. and just ugh. Yeah. But that might have been like stew of 2019, 2020, where it was yeah. like, ah, oh, just drink Budweiser. And then I tried something craft. Like, oh, this is disgusting. Hog's piss. <laughs> and just don't go back to it. Whereas maybe, maybe now I want to try it because I'm a little bit more educated. Like my palate has changed, but yeah, it's also Brewdog, so I'm not really. I, I just don't want to talk about them. So, <laughs> but that would be the answer. That is the answer. Yeah. Yeah. I've enjoyed some of their more fruitier concoctions, Elvis Juice, Clockwork Tangerine, but. They're the standard, like the, the pillar that their fortune lies on, punk IPA. I have no time for it. That's that's it. You heard it here first, guys. Stuart Sutherland done with Brewdog. Let's get that to the the papers to put that in the the morning edition, please. Um, yeah, I I really struggled to 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 think of something that we haven't spoken before again. Like we always. You know, we don't really like your, you know, your Carlins and your Fosses and stuff. We're talking mm-hmm. big breweries. You know, it's just not really my thing. They've got the place. People dig them. It's beautiful. It's not really my thing. And in favorite breweries, the only thing I could think of is I know Tetley's has done a lager. And I have not tried it, tried it yet, but I've heard from reliable sources, extremely reliable sources. Mm-hmm. Um, but he tends to normally just stand upright. Rather than be liar, liable, liable, he hasn't done wow. any, he hasn't done any crimes. He's innocent. He's not liable. Next question. Things. Uh, yeah, but I've heard they've done lager, and I've heard it's not very good. That's the only <laughs> one I can think of. Okay, okay, right, sorry, get out your sorry, system. Sorry, sorry, Stu. Sorry to both Jews. <laughs> with We're really offended. Then that, yeah, I'm sure you are. Man. I just feel dirty uh-huh. after hearing the answer. <laughs> Do you think? <laughs> Slow, slow, like a like a, <laughs> a kettle then. Don't know what happened there, man. Um right, Am Amijotia on Instagram asks mm-hmm. what is the strongest beer in the world? Google is your friend. That's what we're gonna say <laughs> to that. But what it did remind me of though, we I think we talked about the show, it was that like uh 
that snake beer, wasn't it? Or, uh, it was about 70% or something, I'm sure we did. Oh, and it was like a little, yeah, it like a normal bottle, but it was, it was just kind of like a, a miniature, yeah, but for beer. Yeah, we talked yeah. about the show like a long time ago, but that was like, yeah, snake beer or snake venom beer, and that was like 70% or something mm-hmm. like that. So, yeah, I think that's, that's you wouldn't be that... able to send that through the Royal Mail, they're definitely not letting that through. No, 100%. I've sent that by uh, by pigeon, probably stew. <laughs> uh, Jason May, uh, at vanilla mice, that's pretty cool. On Twitter, ask what alcohol percentage do you think is acceptable to qualify as a session ale? I saw one the other day, and it was 5.8%. Seems a bit on the high side to me. Yeah, that's a bit high. Yeah, it's a bit high, yeah. Yeah, I mean, f- from my history with sessions, I always complain because, like, oh, these always say it's watered down. Mm. Like, completely missing the point of it's, it's like this for the session ability. Yeah. But, yeah, anything between three and five at most that's the ground you play with with your session beer i, I think so man yeah I if think you're going so. five and over you're just going into standard pale and ipa territory and you can't really session if it's above five you're really limiting your session then session ability like having three of those that's the session's over Good night, oh, man. Put your nightcap on. Hundred Draw the curtains. <laughs> Turn off the heating and get into bed. You're, You're done, son. Done, dude. You're done. Yeah, I. Uh, that, I mean, to be honest, if I'm in a session, a normal session, obviously, um, bitters, draft bitters, that they tend to sit around three and a half, max about four. Mm-hmm. And that for me is very acceptable. Might be a bit thick. Might be a bit a lot on the stomach. But for me, that's perfect. Anything more than that, yeah, it's it's getting a bit a bit too much. I, I do like to session different beers at different percentages. But if I'm going to have that same high percentage, I mean six percent all mm-hmm. night, that seems like a, a lot a lot to ask for. So for me, I yeah. think the cutoff would be about four or so. We didn't the other we didn't session beers on the show. I was trying to rack my head. I know we did a table beer from the Colonel, think... but I can't think of any other ones that we've done. Maybe the Wild Beer Co, how it was like a milk stout, mm. and the other was like Under the Sun, I think, was a session. Was a session? Yeah, you're I right, think. Frank. Under the Sun, I could see myself sessioning. I don't know what the percentage of that was, but it wasn't too strong. I'm no, sure that was around it, the 4% yeah. range. Um, and that wasn't too, yeah, that wasn't too um, powerful in its flavours that you couldn't, you know, it wasn't powerful enough mm-hmm. for you not to be able to um, to session it. I, I don't think so. I could I could see that working for sure. But I think it, again, if I'm going to session, probably something a bit more, a bit more kind of uh, milder for me. If I'm going to go at the same thing, yeah, you know, all, all night, definitely. It's going to be a mix of stuff. I tend to just yeah, not 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 drink too too much of it because that'll be. Um, that would probably be a disaster. But you try yeah. on the show sometime. Yeah. Seems good. Seems season like a, five. A good idea for us to do. Session season. Uh, <laughs> perfect. Um, and then we've got Harry at Mellow Matters. Um, and he asks, what is the ultimate beer and food pairing? We've been asked this a lot in the past, or at least we've talked about mm-hmm. a lot in the past. 
Um, and we've kind of got to go to answers. What's what, what's yours, Stu? You know, a nice traditional Thai premium lager to go with a stir fry. Perfect. Perfect. You've definitely said that in the past. For past th- <laughs> 30 minutes. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I know, I know it's not exactly a meal, but we always say crisps, you know. Oh, crisps, yeah, Walker's Max. Walker's Max, uh, mm-hmm. Pringles, the new ones, the, the Spicy Boys, amazing. Uh, Port Scratchings I love as well. Um, just something a bit kind of chompy. Pretzels, maybe. I, I, want, I want, oh, yeah, salty like pretzels sound, the, definitely. Those sound cream boys, have you had them? I don't know who makes them, but they're pretty good. No, but I, I'm just thinking... How people say certain like milk stouts is sort of like a dessert beer. Mm. I, I should really do pair like a pudding with like a like a dark <laughs> chocolate stout or how you get those Rocky Road stouts. Just something yeah. like a sweet chocolatey beer to maybe go with like a Black Forest Gato. Man, yeah, that's a good idea. Would you pick? Uh, would you pick Adnam's Broadside Christmas pudding to go with Adnam's Broadside beer? Because that's a good pairing, and totally. that, that was pretty much the best best night of my life. I, uh, you know, I would mm-hmm. recommend that highly. Maybe not the next day, but the night was good. Yeah, that, that's <laughs> all that counts. That memory, it's all that matters. Focus uh, on the good times, <laughs> not the next day on the pan. <laughs> no, sorry. That is about it, guys. Thank you awesome. for your questions. We really appreciate that. Shout out to everybody who contributed. Um, that was brilliant of you. And we're going to Stu oh, promise wait. beer to someone. Yeah, Tom, pick a winner. Me. Pick a winner. And it's not. It's, I mean, the best of a bad bunch. That is. Oh, dirty Stu! Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. You did it, buddy. You did it. I mean, come on. He hooked up. He hooked us up with two, yeah, two fantastic questions. Come on, it's a no-brainer. Don't Tom will send you some beer. That's what a guy. Probably not. First class. So, like, oh, you does a lot of the airmail. The lot. Yeah, sending. So that's probably on Stu. Stu. What are you thinking? Is beer? It's confusing me. It is. I mean, we should have been trying sake for the last week. To kind of like to have the knowledge on both ends of what uh, sake and lager should be like together. Be like, yeah, I've had wow. sake, but years ago, man, and um, I remember it being like a bit of a a not nice variation on vodka. That's mm-hmm. probably absolute blasphemy to people who like vodka and sake, but that's kind of my interpretation of it, or was my interpretation of it. But this is just a, it's just like a very. Uh, you know, Do you know what it's, it's lighter than I thought it was going to be. Yeah, it's, it's very, it's very light. It's got that initial taste, very bitter. It's just a fancy lager. Yeah, there's just not a lot else going on for me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just like a a, a pilsner with with a a different taste. It's not quite floral. It's light and crisp, but kind of bitter. There's, there's not. I, I can't nail down the flavour, but maybe that's sake. Maybe, man, you might be right. I don't, would the brewing process just be as easy as, like when they're fermenting the beer, just chucking sake into it, 
Is that just blasphemy? You're I don't know. To, you're gonna have to ask ask Brucey boy, see what he said. Yeah. I'm sure he was there On the for the label, entire it, it process. Took them two years to come up with this dedication. And to be honest, I would be like there for one day, and if it got to like four o'clock in the afternoon, I'd be like, "Fuck it, just chuck Saki in it and call it a day." <laughs> Is uh. Yeah, I think there's there's a, there's a little bit of spice to it that you'd expect with the pills, that a tiny bit, but it, it, it's it's on the very back end as I'm going through that bitterness, but then it just evaporates straight away. Like, there's no lingering flavour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just goes. I mean, it's fine. It, it's, it's, I mean, it's drinkable, but yeah, a bit, a bit totally. disappointing maybe. I, I thought there'd be a bit more to it, but no bother. Guys, that is it. Another sensational start to the season. And, you know, I think that was an even better opener than that time that the Beastie Boys supported Madonna on a 1985 Virgin tour. Just tonally a good kicker off, an organic start. It's at the Logalogs for our socials. You can keep up to date with all the goings on in the world of Tom Mm -hmm. and Stu, or Som, as I like to call us. And I'd like to think we're... A bit better than that first world war battle people rave about all the time, you know, banging on about it constantly on the social media. It's just, it gets boring, guys. Come on, let's hear about some of the wars. Um, Stu, is it, is there things going on over there? Should people look into that? Why give them some incentive, please? It's going not bad, actually, Tom. We've hit over 600 followers on Instagram. There's people sliding into our DMs left, right, and center. Wow. I'm not sure if we're ready to start displaying gothic jewelry as an ambassador, a part of a pyramid scheme. Maybe not yet, but if I am wearing earrings in the next episode, (laughs) you know we've caved. Think it over, guys. Think it over. uh, But no, we've, we've been making friends with breweries. There's people following us back. Conversations are starting. It's all I ever wanted. With our social media. So, you know, hop on Instagram, have a look. We're, we're posting beer pics, beer videos. It's like podcast clips. And this is now extending across to our YouTube channel. The best way to find it is really just go to thelagalogs.com because the, the main videos you'll want to know about will be posted on our homepage. And then from there, you could go back into our YouTube channel yeah, and see uh, there's just podcast clips of us drinking the beers from previous seasons. At the moment, I have an episode where uh, a video already uploaded, not yet published, but it is the time where me and Tom tried Copperberg Fruit Lager. Oh, wow. Yeah. Talking about flashbacks. Yes. And then we yeah, answer that was interesting. a question <laughs> in that very same episode about does fruit belong in beer so it's a perfect combo controversial very controversial so uh, the time this episode's up that will be reintroduced to the wilds if you haven't heard on the podcast already you could see our reactions to drinking that sugary sugary lager brilliant that's what else what else do you guys want i mean check that out the logologs.com that's the main hub for everything check that out um next week you will hear us for not the only time this season try and fail to interview a human subject. Next episode, Mighty Mike Garrett is in the hot seat. 
And man, was it hot. We put Miss World 1984 under the chair as we interviewed him. Uh, and we review one of his favorites, Jay Poor. So mm-hmm. stick one of those bad boys in the fridge. Oh, God. Sorry. I know I interrupted <laughs> you there. But, Thomas, both our listeners are thinking, who is Mike Garrett? I have no idea still. And I interviewed him. Mike Garrett. Really? <laughs> Don't Bru- get that, that shitty Brewer. Uh, brewer, um, brew, brew masters, beer masters, extraordinaire, wow. okay. celebrity, just fantastic all around. We had an absolute blast chatting to him. I hope you guys um, enjoy it when you hear it. And yeah, uh, we will see you next Friday. Bon voyage, booze hounds. Say goodbye, Stu. Goodbye. Good luck. Good night. <laughs>